Hey guys, it's Hazel Emlin here, your host of the Real Life in Real Estate podcast. And I'm actually really excited about today's episode. This is my first time going solo and doing my own podcast without a guest. Usually I have somebody, um, all kinds of people really who have been on this show. But today is a special one because I get a lot of DMs, text messages, people that call me that just want to know how do I get into real estate. And so I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to do a podcast dedicated to that. So that way people have something they can listen back to. And I don't also have to explain it a million times. Um, So I figured this would be a great episode to have a conversation about how I got into the business and kind of where I'm at and how I got there. This is going to be a two-part podcast because there's just so much information that I don't want to, you know, have a one to two hour show. So we're going to break it up for you guys. So I'm helpful that you guys find this podcast valuable, especially those who are curious about a career in real estate or people who are just kind of curious, like what it takes to kind of become, you know, a top agent. So I'm hoping that you guys take away something from it and can share this with others and they can find some value from it and just be something that you can always look back on. So I kind of want to take it from the beginning, kind of where I got involved with real estate. For me, I was licensed in 2016 and the market has changed dramatically since that time. Honestly, real estate wasn't the original plan for me. I didn't originally want to have a career in real estate. I was always kind of fascinated with homes, but honestly, I wanted to be a physical therapist. I grew up playing sports my whole life. I played soccer and very competitive soccer soccer at a, a high level, and I sustained injuries from just the wear and tear on your body. And I've had three knee surgeries, two on my right knee, specifically for my ACL. And I remember going through rehab through physical therapy, and I was just inspired by people like them who just help people kind of get back on their feet and gain their health back. And so that was kind of the trajectory that I was on. I wanted to do physical therapy, but then things kind of changed and life took a turn. And I always say that I absolutely believe you should take opportunities that come because you never know where they're going to lead you. And honestly, some of the opportunities that I've taken in my life led me to where I'm at, where I'm at today in, in my career in real estate. So in 2016, I got licensed, but I want to kind of back up a little bit. I had um, been involved in pageants. I'm sure that's not news to you guys if you guys have been listening uh, you know, to this podcast for some time. But I had met my broker and his wife, Shawnee Rapisarda, at a charity event. And we just happened to bump into each other. We, we created a friendship. And Shawnee had asked if I would babysit her kids on the weekends. They were looking to do date nights again and they needed a good babysitter they could trust. And so I gladly said yes. At the time, I think I was 20 or 21, and so I was looking at this as an opportunity to um, just get some extra cash, and so I took them up on the offer, and we've formed a friendship you know, through the years, and in 2015, my broker, Tom, uh, he would call me, and he would literally say, you know, Hazel, you should come work for me. I think you'd be a great realtor. And I did not take him serious. I thought he was crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not going commission based. You know, Uh, the thing that scared me the most was just in this business, if you don't sell a home, you don't make money. And I was in a position where at the time I was in property management and I loved my job. I loved my residence. I loved the consistency, the set schedule, the set pay. I knew every day what I was going to be doing. 
And honestly, taking that leap and going totally commission and not knowing when I would get paid really scared me. And so I really didn't take him up or take him serious when he kept calling. And then finally, he wore me down. And towards the end of 2015, I was like, look, I'm not married. At the time, I still don't have kids, but I didn't have kids then. And I was thinking, you know, if I'm going to suck at something, at least no one's depending on me to do, you know, really well. And so I figured it was the opportunity to just take it, to see where it took me. And if I totally did not like it or was not good at it, well, at least I could say I tried. So I decided to quit my full-time job as a property manager. And um, I decided to start with Rapid Real Estate as their receptionist. I took a huge pay cut and really Tom was just saying, you know, he wanted me to kind of learn the business and observe while I was there, but also use the time that I was in that position as a receptionist to study, to study for the real estate exam, because he really wanted me to become a realtor in his office. And so that's what I did. That's what I did. And I guess my first tip for people who are looking to get in this business is you got to start with the education. And there's all different types of education out there. There's college courses you can take. There's online courses you can take. Various um, tangible information that you can get from different places to study about real estate. And each state is different. So keep that in mind. I'm licensed in California. Uh, My business is here in Northern California. So every area is going to be a little different. So you want to make sure you check with your state. But here in the state of California, I went through a company called Revy. And they're located in Southern California. And the cool thing about Revy that I really liked about them was they offered tangible material. And I'm somebody that when I learn, I have to see it with my own eyes. I have to like highlight, take notes, actually physically hold something. I'm not someone that tends to do well with online based learning. So I would say figure out what your learning style is and then kind of gravitate towards whatever program fits that style. For me, I liked having hundreds of packets of information with practice tests that I can do and physically write on you know, pieces of paper. That's not for everyone. So I would say no matter what the course is, they're probably all relatively similar. I mean, the material in them is probably the same, if not extremely similar. So you just really want to find something that you're going to learn the best, you know, with. And for me, it was tangible material. Um, So that's kind of my first tip. If you're looking at, you know, which courses to take, that's the course I took. And when it came to studying, I really gave this my all. I knew that going into it, you know, it was either going to work or it wasn't going to work, but I was definitely going to do everything that I could to make sure that I just did everything to try my absolute best to get it to work. And that also was with uh, studying. I wanted to make sure that I stayed focused, that I really, you know, did everything I could to try to pass this exam the first time because notoriously most people don't actually. And I know some of the best realtors in this industry who took multiple times to pass and that's okay doesn't have any indication on the type of realtor you're going to be some people just take more time than others but i was really determined to pass on my first try i guess that's the competitive nature in me um and i did and i can say that i studied for a good solid two weeks eight hours a day constantly just in the material i focused on the vocabulary the most because i figured as if you can kind of infer what the question was asking based on whatever vocabulary was in there, you have multiple choice, you know, um, 
options when you take the test. It's a four, four, uh, four answer, multiple choice question. You can kind of infer probably what is being asked if you know the vocabulary really well. So I would say when you're studying, really study that vocab. For the math, it wasn't something I focused a lot on. I think I got like two or three questions um, about math like on the test, but you know, I know it's a little bit different for everyone. So for me, I really just honed in on that vocab and knew it like the back of my hand. So that way the day of the test, I knew exactly what the questions were asking and I could, you know, make a very good decision on which answer was the correct one. So I, my biggest tip for studying is you can't just go into this test and expect to pass. I think people assume that, oh, real estate's easy. I've bought a house or I watch HGTV every single day. So I know kind of what this, what this business is. It is so much more different than that. There's a lot of law. There's a lot of legal things to know. There's just, there's a lot, honestly, that you'll study and you'll learn about, but you don't ever use it in your day to day. And I know that's with kind of anything, but you really want to make sure you take this test serious and you want to make sure you study. You got to put the work in. It's not something you can probably go into. Maybe somebody can, but most people can't just walk into it and expect to pass. It's a grueling exam. It's three hours long. But if you put the work in, I think anyone can do this job. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, right? You don't have to have a college degree, which is one of the great things about it. You can really do this from anywhere in the world. And I think that's one of the great things that real estate, a career in real estate offers someone. So take the time to study. Really just hone in on that material. I promise it's gonna pay off because who wants to take this test more than once? Probably no one. Um, so that's my, my tip there when it came to studying. I really kind of focused in on the material and just did not assume that I knew anything, even with my background in property management. So once you pass the test, People want to know, well, what happens then? Like, what do I do? How do I decide on which brokerage maybe to go with? And to that, I say it depends. It depends on your area. depends on your local association, how they do things. Here in my area, I'm located in Solano County, which is in Northern California. You have to belong to the local association here. And there's actually two. It's uh, two different um, local associations depending on where you're located in the county but then you have your MLS that you want to be a part of there's a whole bunch of different things that you actually belong to when it comes to um, actually going out and doing this after you get licensed so when it comes to your brokerage you really want to find a place that speaks to you and I know that sounds super cliche but there's all kinds of brokerages out there there's big names like Remax um, Century 21, EXP, you know, really big brokerages out there. But then there's brokerages like mine that are considered like an independent or a boutique brokerage, Rapid Starter Real Estate. And we have maybe 10 full-time agents in that office. And for me, that worked really well. I was also, I guess, fortunate knowing who I was going to work for uh, because Tom was the one who got me into the business. And so I always knew I was going to work at Rapid Starter. But not everyone knows that going into it. Not everyone has a set brokerage in mind. And I've talked to a lot of new agents who get licensed and they ask me, well, how do you decide? 
Honestly, I think you need to take the time and sit down with that broker and talk to them. Talk to them about what they offer because the big thing with these brokerages is they all offer something different. So for like EXP, they're a cloud-based brokerage. So you gotta be willing to work maybe from home that you might not have a physical office. You might, but you might not have it. Sometimes they you know, have um, offices that are local and sometimes they don't. Sometimes that works better for people. They don't wanna be in another office with a whole bunch of other people. They wanna be by themselves. And so I guess you gotta kind of also know who you are as a person and how you work. Um, there's big brokerages like Remax that are all over the country and so some people want to belong to a bigger brokerage like that that has a name that's been out there for years. Some people like me like the small town feel. They like the smaller brokerages that are more independent, that are more localized to your area. And so I guess you really want to sit down with that broker and see kind of their reach, you know, how, how well known they are in your area. But honestly, guys, when it comes to deciding a broker, not one broker is gonna get you more money than the other. Honestly, it's gonna come down to the hard work. It's gonna come down to you as an individual, as your own business to get that business. I don't, you know, twiddle my thumbs and then, oh, look, a lead came to me because they wanna work with someone around to start a real estate. Okay, well, maybe that's happened like once or twice, but then for the most part, it doesn't happen. You gotta be the one putting the work in. So just because you belong to a big brokerage like Remax or a big brokerage like Century 21 or others doesn't mean that's going to get you, you know, the business that you want or that you need. You really want to see, you know, what does this brokerage offer? Some brokerages offer leads. Sometimes they'll pay to, to generate leads for you. That could be a great option for somebody first starting out. Or um, maybe you have to pay for office space. Maybe that's not something in your budget. Or maybe they help you with marketing. There's all types of different avenues and each brokerage offers something unique. They're not all the same across the board, even down to the commissions, to the commissions that they charge a seller to sell their home. That also can change. Um, the commission that you would owe to the brokerage as part of their brokerage split, that can be totally different. So you really wanna just understand the ins and outs, the fundamentals of that brokerage, because the last thing you wanna do is be at a brokerage that you're not happy at, and then you're changing brokerages, and when you're first starting out, that's the last thing you want. You really wanna be somewhere that kind of feels right to you, that you can kind of get a good base foundation going, uh, because the last thing you wanna do is scrambling, and or to be scrambling and going to different places just because you know, you're not satisfied at one one location. So sit down with a broker, interview multiple, honestly. I mean, see what they can offer you and then just see what feels right. I mean, I, I think any broker is probably gonna be a good broker. It's really gonna come down to what you put into it. So that's kind of my tip on deciding. Um, again, it just really comes down to personal preference, but I, I personally love my independent brokerage. I love the, you know, small town, small office feel where, you know, I personally know every single agent in our office extremely well. I like that. There's some people that's not for them. Um, one thing I will say for a new agent, and this is something that all the people who have come to me and they ask, you know, about where we should hang our license, you know, things like that. I stress that teams are really the way I think of the future for real estate. And when I first got into the business in 2016, I was not on a team. So you guys might be able to look me up on Zillow or whatever, and you can see that I am on a team now. 
that wasn't the case back then. And I think teams have kind of recently formed. It's still a newer kind of thing. But if you are a new agent, teams, I think, is going to be your best bet. And the reason why is when you're on a team, you have more than just you. You usually have staff. You usually have like maybe somebody helping with your listings, somebody helping with marketing, with gifting, with social media. I mean, anything you can think of, you might have somebody for. And the way my team is structured is we have somebody really kind of at every stop, whether it's our listings, our gifting, our buyers, our um, my broker, we have an assistant to the team, we have runners. I mean, we have a whole slew of people that really help to make sure the operation is as seamless as possible. And as my broker always says, you can't do everything and do it really, really well. You just can't. As much as somebody wants to say, oh no, I don't need any help. I'm doing this all on my own and I'll do an amazing stellar job. This business is so, so involved. There are so many different moving parts for any transaction. Um, And really, you can't do everything by yourself and do it really, really well. So I think the, the great thing that a team offers is it offers you the help. It offers you the the guidance or even the mentorship that I think a new realtor should have. And I was blessed when I first got in the business that I did have a mentor. I had my broker, Tom, who really took me under his wing for the first six months of my license, um, of getting my license. I was not able to do anything really without him kind of also being there and he wasn't doing it you know to be a helicopter broker or whatever uh he was doing it because he wanted to make sure that I knew everything that I could and that when he did kind of finally take my training wheels off that he knew I was going to do okay that I was going to be uh well prepared and that he didn't have to worry about any implications like um legal things you know that I might get myself into because I didn't have the proper training so with teams a lot of times they have mentors or somebody who kind of takes you under their wing and helps you, you know, understand the business, learn the business. And I highly, highly recommend for a new realtor, I think a team is where it's at. I think it gives you kind of that base foundation. It's not something you have to stay on forever, but I think it gives you the tools that you need to really kind of get you moving, kind of get you going, build your clientele. And every team is ran different. Um, my team, I am blessed that, you know, I do get some leads that come from the team. We invest in different places to help, you know, just supplement our, our uh, clientele. And that's one of the things I love about, about the team. And when I was first on the team back in 2017 was when I first started. So it was like my first year outside of getting licensed. I started realizing like the value with that because it is really, really, really hard when you're first starting to build a database. And so if you can rely on a team to maybe kind of get you some clients here and there, I think it's a great way to go. So speaking about the database, kind of, um, I want to, again, I'm going to take this podcast into two different episodes. The second episode is really going to be focused on what I do, how I got to where I'm at. Uh, most recently, I was named an honoree for the 30 Under 30 for the National Association of Realtors for the class of 2021. So not to brag or anything, but I like to think that I'm pretty good at what I do and um, the numbers show, the recognition recognition shows um, that I am a nationally recognized realtor. And so I really want to offer 
just, you know, nuggets for you guys to take with you to hopefully, you know, um, bring you value where you can bring it into your own business. And so I really kind of want to take this one step at a time. And the, the place I really want to start is the very beginning. When you finally find a brokerage or team, some place that you want to focus and you want to hold your license with, it's, it is a lot and it, it can be very challenging when you're first starting out to find business. And so for me, when I was first starting, I was blessed that my now in-laws, but at the time they were my boyfriend's parents, um, they were um, looking to sell their home. And it just so happened to time very soon after I had gotten my real estate license. And so that was really my first listing. It doesn't always happen for everyone like that. And even though that was a great first transaction, I still had to get more business. And somebody that is totally new in this real estate world, it seems like anyone you know knows somebody in real estate. Your neighbor knows somebody. Your best friend probably knows somebody. Your family knows probably somebody else in real estate. But everyone's got to start somewhere. And for me, I just started doing things that were free. So I would host open houses for other realtors and their listings. I would post on social media about other listings that weren't even mine, but I would talk about them and just to try to gain like a following and to just kind of establish myself in the area. And it's kind of one of those things, you got to fake it till you make it. I knew that I was new. And honestly, for my age, I think at the time I was the youngest person, I think in our, I know in our office, but I think one of the youngest people in the association for Solano County. And so I had kind of, you know, a lot going against me. I mean, who's going to take a 21 year old serious about real estate? Probably not a lot of people. But I guess, again, that competitive side comes out and I'm like, no, I'm going to prove you all wrong and I'm going to do this and do it, you know like a badass and do it well. Um, And so I just did things really that were free. I didn't want to put a lot of money into any marketing because at the time I really wasn't making money. Um, So I did open houses and open houses can be such a great way to gain new clients. I can count on multiple occasions where I've had listings come from an open house or a buyer come from an open house or somebody that knew someone that was thinking about buying come from an open house. Open houses can be draining a little bit because yes, you're sitting there for potentially three to four hours, maybe bored out of your mind, but you never know who is going to walk in that door. And some of my best clients have come from open houses. So don't be afraid to do the dirty work and to go put your signs out there and to sit in a house for a few hours. It is a free way to advertise and to get your name out there and it started working. I would have neighbors come into my open house and they you know, would say, oh yeah, I've seen you at another open house or oh yeah, I've seen your name on the open house signs. It works and it is free. You don't have to pay for it. And so that's the one thing that I would say for a new agent, do as much as you can to not have to put money into something. I think the, the worst thing you can do is kind of get off on the wrong foot and get into debt or something because you know, you're spending thousands of dollars on something that's never maybe gonna pan out. So open houses was my bread and butter when I first started. The other thing that really worked for me was my sphere of influence, my database, like within my family, within my friends. Don't be afraid to tell your loved ones, you know, what you're doing. If you took a new career and you decided to go into real estate, let them know. Be proud. Don't be intimidated that, oh gosh, who's going to take me serious? I haven't even sold my first house yet. No. 
fake it till you make it, gain some self-confidence, don't be afraid to put yourself out there or to be rejected. I get rejected every single day on the phone. Like, let's just be real. I have conversations every single day with a prospective buyer or seller and I get rejected. Still, to this day. And you know what? I think this is kind of the business where you have to grow some thick skin and be afraid that people are going to tell you no and that's totally okay because for every 100 no's, there's probably one person in there that'll say yes. And in this business, all it takes is one. That's what I always say to my friends, to my colleagues. All it takes is one. Whether it's one offer, one client, one person to come and really just change your life. So get comfortable on the phone. Get comfortable, you know, talking to your loved ones, to your friends, letting them know that you are in the business. Because if you don't let them know, how are they going to know to keep you top of mind? They probably won't. They'll think of some other realtor down the street that they see, you know, out there promoting themselves. The next thing that I would say for a new realtor, especially if you, I guess for all ages, but especially if you're younger, I'm a millennial like myself, do social media. It is a free way to get yourself out there, to leverage yourself as the expert in your area. And I cannot tell you how many times somebody will say, well, I don't, I don't do social media. I just, I don't know. I don't understand it. Or I'm scared to do video. Okay. We got to just cut that little cord right now and just let, let, I got to let you know that it is one of the best ways to gain clients and it can be 100% free. All you got to do is have somebody or even yourself, just take a video of yourself on your iPhone. Now these cameras in these phones, they're just as good as any professional camera. Just do it. Just do it. Put yourself out there. It's, it's fine if you think that you look like a fool or you said something wrong or you have no idea what the heck you're talking about. Fake it till you make it, but you want to do social media. It is huge. And honestly, it's the way of the future. I've already closed a few deals, um, honestly, in the past couple months from somebody who found me on Instagram. And I didn't pay for any of that. They literally were just sifting on Instagram, looking at hashtags for Vacaville Realtor or Vacaville Homes. And look who popped up, me. So it's a free way to get yourself out there. It's also a great way to kind of leverage yourself as the expert. If you have been in that town that maybe you're working in, if you've been there your whole life, you know it really well. You don't even have to talk about real estate sometimes. Just talk about your town. Talk about the things you love to do, the places you love to go to, um, you know, memories that you have. I don't know. You can talk about anything, and people will usually still associate it back to your business as long as you kind of, you know, have a good presence and mention it enough on your social media. Your social media can be like a talking resume for you. I mean, really, in all aspects of life, personal, professional, use it to your advantage. You know, I know people have opinions on it. And yes, social media, I think, can be used in the wrong ways. But when it comes to business, it can be such a great way for you just to kind of get your get yourself going, get your, your name out there, really establish yourself as a presence in your community. And I guarantee you, you won't regret it. I don't think I've ever met somebody who's actually put the time in to do social media who has said that they regretted it. So just do it. Just don't be afraid of what other people are going to say or what they're going to think. Just focus on you and what you have to do. So that's my next tip for a newer agent is do social media. It's a free potential way to get clients. Um, You know, word of mouth is still the best business out there, right? If you get a referral from someone, it's still the best kind of business to get. You know, every time I get a referral from my clients or somebody I know, it like honestly touches me. Still to this day, I still never get over that feeling that someone thought of me 
that in that way to recommend my services to a friend or to a family member of theirs I mean it's the best kind of business out there for sure um, these other internet leads yes you can invest in them but I'll be honest they're not loyal they're probably looking at Zillow a million times a day with different or talking to different realtors a million times a day or going on realtor.com, Trulia, you name it. They tend to not be very loyal clients unless you can kind of get in front of them and really build rapport. The ones that are going to be the best are the ones that are going to come from people that know, know you, trust you, like you. And social media is one way to... Um, to make sure that you kind of just get seen because most likely who is on your social media it's your friends and your family so don't be afraid to do that be bold be brave um and for agents that are just starting don't get discouraged i, I had a um, a buddy of mine who's recently licensed and he called me a couple weeks ago and he's like i just this isn't working like this isn't like I was expecting to, you know, have my first deal by now and I I don't have anything. And I was there too. Everyone has to start somewhere. But the one thing you want to just remember is this is not a business that's going to happen overnight. This is a business that's going to take years really to build. I'm in my fifth year and I'm just now seeing that stride. So you got to put the time in. You got to just know that you're going to maybe not do so well the first one to two years and that's really normal I think my first year I did two deals well I take that back I got licensed halfway through 2016 so for the first half of 2016 I did two deals the next year I think I did nine that was before I went on the team and I mean that's definitely something to be grateful for but it wasn't what I was wanting I wanted to do more than that and it takes time. It takes time. I mean, last year I closed 42. That took four years of hard work to get to that number. This year I'm on track to close at least 60. And so, I mean, it just, it takes a lot of time. You got to be willing to put the work in. And for a newer agent, statistically, most people will drop out of this business within the first two years. And it's because it is, it is grueling. I mean, it is not the type of business that you can work nine to five and be like, oh, okay, that's it. You know, um, I'm going to take my weekends now and not have to work. Honestly, I work every single day, most days, including holidays. And I like it that way. But it's, I think, a business that sometimes people can have just unfortunate um, thoughts that they're going to get, you know, a million dollars their first year in selling because they see shows like Million Dollar Listing or Selling Sunset or HGTV. There's various programs on there where people think like, oh, yeah, this is easy. I can do that. Anyone can sell their house. Yeah, anyone can sell their house, but how many people can sell it actually well and do it right? Probably not as many. Um, so it's not the business that you're going to get, you know, instant reward. It's going to take a lot of time. Um, it's something you're going to just have to kind of even sacrifice, you know, certain things on. Sometimes I don't get to go out with all my friends, you know, on the weekend because I have to work. Traditionally, those are the days that most people want to look at homes is when they are off work. So you got to be available, but you got to be willing to put the work in. You can't treat this like a nine to five and expect to, you know, make it to the top. You got to put in your, your, your hours. You got to, you know, pay your dues, so to speak, and really just grind it out and just, just expect that you're not going to be super maybe successful the first couple of years. And that's okay. It takes time. It's just something that, you know, it's kind of like a plant. You got to water it and, you know, eventually it'll grow. You got to, you got to get your little water and water yourself, you know, and watch yourself grow. Just, just know it's not something that's going to be instant. And those TV shows that are out there, they can be very misleading. I think they glamorize our business a lot. 
And don't get me wrong, I love to watch them too. I watch them all the time. But it's just not the way real estate really is. Most people aren't selling million dollar homes. Most people, you know, are selling whatever the average price is in your area. Here in my area, it's like five seventy five. You know, a far cry from some of those homes we see on those TV shows. So that that's one thing I would say is just don't get, you know, a tainted view based on all these these television shows that you might see that real estate is really easy or it's this uh, super glamorous, you know, um, profession where I'm wearing heels every day and all these expensive jewelry and these pretty dresses or expensive suits. No, I mean, most days I'm wearing slacks in my flats because I'm constantly walking and let's be real, I have terrible knees and so, you know, I can't be standing in those heels all day or you're showing country property in the dirt, in the mud and so sometimes I'm in literally in rain boots or work boots. So it can definitely be a very glamorous job in some, you know, for some homes and in some areas and at some maybe points in your career. But for the first kind of few years, it's pretty grueling. You're doing kind of like the the grunt work just to kind of get to the top. And I think that's exactly what you should be doing. I don't think you should expect, you know, anything to be given to you. You got to you got to put your work in. And honestly, reputation is everything. So you want to make sure that you're not being somebody who is difficult to work with, including with other realtors. And I think that's something where some people get into this business and they're like, oh, I'm going to be the top dog or, you know, they have this mindset of, you know, I'm I'm everything. And when you're working with those types of people, it can be really difficult to complete the transaction because you have somebody who, you know, holds themselves to this high standard and kind of looks down on you like you're less than and that's not that's not the way to do this business at all. You want to make sure you have really healthy, good relationships with other realtors because honestly, that can influence maybe if you're in a multiple offer situation and there's two offers on the table and they might tell their clients, hey, you know, this agent is a little bit difficult to work with. I hear this agent's wonderful. Her, communi- her communication is great. I've worked with her before. It was a pleasant transaction. That's going to hold some weight. So your reputation does matter. So you want to make sure that you're treating everyone, you know, with respect, with um, just grace. I mean, this can be a very, it can be a very emotional process for everyone, including the agents. So you don't want to just kind of jump down someone's throat. At the end, everyone wants the same thing. You all want to close the transaction and get paid and have a happy client and get a great review, maybe a referral down the line. But, you know, you got you to gotta work together. And so for a new agent, that would be my next tip also is to just make sure you're creating a good reputation for yourself. And don't be afraid to reach out to the realtors that you know and aspire to be like and talk to them. See what they do. See what they do every single day. That's going to be my next podcast is I'm going to talk to you about my every single day, what that looks like, what I do in my business to get to where I'm at. Uh, I'm an open book. I don't mind sharing this information. I don't feel, you know, threatened by anyone else who wants to do this profession. I always tell them, do it. If it's something that kind of is calling to you, do it. You never know where it can lead you. There's plenty of business out there for uh, for everyone, you know. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out to those realtors that, you know, are doing really well in your area and you want to be like them. I've reached out to plenty and have gotten tips on how to do this thing. And I take a little bit of what they do and put it into my own business. So 
that's kind of my my first episode guys is really just talking to you about the basics getting licensed finding a broker or team uh, to hang your license with um, how you kind of get through those first two years of the just the mental you know um, exhaustion the stress of it all the emotions the wondering if this is going to work you got to grind it out you know you got to just work every single day every single day not nine to five I mean, really, this business is when people wake up to when people go to sleep. That's kind of really the way it works. So you got to be willing to put the work in and not be afraid to put yourself out there, even if you think you look silly, uh, because it does pay off really big in the end. And don't be afraid to reach out to those realtors that you aspire to be like. I can guarantee you they'll be flattered to talk to you and to let you know, you know, what it is they do. I mean, if they're anything like me, I think it's great when we see new realtors come into the business. You know, I, I think it's it's an industry that's, you know, ever changing and I think it's fun. It's rewarding. It's the best thing that I've ever had the pleasure of doing. And I love when new people get in the business because they get to experience that, too. So don't be afraid to reach out to people or reach out to me. I mean, if you want, I'm sure my phone number is everywhere. You can find it. Feel free. You can call, text or email me anytime. I'm happy to discuss anything with you guys. Um, I've gotten a lot of people lately asking about how you how you become a 30 under 30. I'm happy to talk to you about that. I don't know if it'll work, you know, because I don't know what they look at exactly when they're deciding that. But I mean, I'm an open book, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't have anything to hide. I'm glad if you want to come and shadow me any day. Um, and so I would think there's other people like myself who are happy to, um, you know, just share their knowledge with you. So I hope you guys took something from this podcast. I'm looking forward to part two. That's really kind of where we get into the meat of it. What do I do every single day? What does that look like for me? What are my systems? What's my follow-up? Like all that kind of fun stuff. Um, But I'm hoping this kind of gave you an interesting insight into the beginning of a real estate career. And hopefully you took some value from it and you can share this with somebody else you might know who might want to get into the business. Uh, But thank you guys again so much for listening to the Real Life in Real Estate podcast. I'm Hazel Emlin with Rapid Starter Real Estate and we'll see you next time.